Hello, what's up? It's me, Susie, from the Jawbreakers podcast, also from the old switcheroo, which is linked in the show notes of this episode. We are no longer doing regular Jawbreakers episodes. However, we have started a brand new show with the premise that Alexis watches half of the movie, I watch the other half of the movie, and we come together to put it all together for a beautiful story that makes just as much sense as the original 10 out of 10 times. Our most recent episode that is published is the Hunger Games and the new Trolls movies. We went to see those both on opening day in November, and halfway through the movie we switched theaters that we were sitting in. Uh, The people at the movie theater we go to are catching on, I believe, and that is fun. So stick along. Stick along? Yeah, stick around for that, I guess. Um, Go over to that page if you want to hear those episodes. But I thought it'd be fun to liven up this page with a little bit of holiday cheer. We're doing... By we, I mean you and me. Alexis is not here, if you can't notice that. Um, We are doing a Mariah Carey Wikipedia bonus, like I did a lot of back in 2020 and 2021. Wikipedia is always looking for money. Um, I recommend donating to them. I know that that sounds kind of... People have different opinions about donating to, like, nonprofits with large overheads and stuff like that, but... Uh, Wikipedia is like a super super valuable resource and it is still a place that is like completely peer monitored of course there's still biases but I really respect and trust the way that Wikipedia uses their information and is constantly looking for ways to improve their website so uh, I did notice that while I was pulling this up today that they're still doing their fundraiser as people do in uh in November and December of every year. If you're looking for a place to put an extra $5 or so, you I think Wikipedia is a great spot to do it. Even if it, 100% of it doesn't go straight into making information, I do trust that it will go into places that are good. Uh, also, if anyone finds anything shady out about Wikipedia, please tell me immediately because I promote it all the time in my personal life. So, today we're just going through Mariah Carey's Wikipedia page. I think it's important to know about the people that we see a lot of. Mariah Carey was born March 27th, 1969. She is an American singer, songwriter, record producer, and actress. Referred to as the Songbird Supreme by Guinness World Records, she is noted for her songwriting, five-octave vocal range, melismatic singing style, and signature use of the whistle register. An influential figure in popular culture, Carey is credited for impacting the vocal style in contemporary music, merging hip-hop with pop music through her collaborations and popularizing the use of remixes. She's also been dubbed the Queen of Christmas for the enduring popularity of her holiday music, particularly the 1994 song All I Want for Christmas Is You, which is the best-selling holiday song by a female artist. The photo here is of Mariah Carey in 2018, looking gorgeous as ever. She was born in Huntington, New York. According to this Wikipedia, she has been active since 1988, still active to this day. Spouses include Tommy Mottola from 93 to 98 and Nick Cannon from 2008 to 2016. She has been signed to several labels, Columbia, Crave, Virgin, Moner C, Island, Def Jam, Epic and Butterfly MC, which does, to my eye, just look like probably her own label. And the genres that she performs are pop, R&B, hip-hop, soul, gospel, and house. Her website is MariahCarey.com, and her signature is uh, very beautiful, just Mariah with a heart over the eye. Carey rose to fame in 1990 with her eponymous self-titled debut album under the guidance of Columbia Records executive Tommy Mottola, who she later married in, t- in 1993. 
She is the only artist to date to have their first five singles reach number one on Billboard Hot 100 from Vision of Love to Emotions. Carrie gained worldwide music success with her albums Music Box 1993 and Daydream 1995, both of which rank among the list of best-selling albums and spawned singles such as Dream Lover, Hero, Without You, Fantasy, Always Be My Baby, and One Sweet Day. The latter most of these topped the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 decade end charts of the 1990s. After separating from Matola, Carrie adopted a new urban image and began incorporating hip-hop and R&B elements with the release of Butterfly in 1997 and Rainbow in 1999. By the end of the 1990s, Billboard ranked Carrie as the most successful artist of the decade in the United States. She left Columbia Records in 2001 after 11 consecutive years of U.S. number one singles and signed a record deal with Virgin Records. Following a highly publicized breakdown and the failure of her film Glitter and its accompanying soundtrack, Virgin bought out Carrie's contract and she signed with Island Records the following year. After a brief, mildly successful period, Carrie returned to the top of the charts with The Emancipation of Mimi, 2005, which became one of the best-selling albums of the 21st century. Its second single, We Belong Together, topped the U.S. Billboard Hot 100 decade-end charts of the 2000s. Her subsequent ventures included roles in the films Precious, 2009, The Butler, 2013, A Christmas Melody, 2015, The Lego Batman Movie in 2017, Being an American Idol Judge, starring in the docuseries Mariah's World, performing multiple concert residencies, and publishing the memoir The Meaning of Mariah Carey in 2020. Carrie is one of the best-selling music artists with over 220 million records sold worldwide and is an inductee at the Songwriters Hall of Fame, the National Recording Registry at the Library of Congress, and the Long Island Music and Entertainment Hall of Fame. She was ranked as the second greatest woman in music by VH1 in 2012 and the fifth greatest singer by Rolling Stone in 2023. Billboard named her the top charting female solo artist based on both album and song chart success. Let's talk about records. She has the most Billboard Hot 100 number one singles by a solo artist, 19, a female songwriter, 18, and a female producer, 15, spending a record 91 weeks atop the chart. Carrie is the highest certified female artist in the United States and 10th overall with 74 million certified album units. Among her accolades are 5 Grammy Awards, 10 American Music Awards, 16 Billboard Music Awards, and 12 Guinness World Records. Early Life Carrie was born on March 27, 1969, in Huntington, New York. Her name is derived from the song They Will Call the Wind Maria, originally from the 1951 Broadway musical Paint Your Wagon. She's the youngest of three children born to Patricia Nihicki, a former opera singer and vocal coach of Irish descent, and Alfred Roy Carey, an aeronautical engineer of African-American and Afro-Venezuelan lineage. The last name Carey was adopted by her Venezuelan grandfather, Francisco Nunez, after he emigrated to New York. Patricia's family disowned her for marrying a black man. Racial tensions prevented the Carey family from integrating into their community. While they lived in Huntingdon, their neighbors po poisoned the family dog and set fire to their car. After her parents' divorce, Carrie had little contact with her father, and her mother worked several jobs to support the family. Carrie spent much of her time at home alone and began singing at the age of three, often imitating her mother's take on Verdi's opera Rigoletto in Italian. Her older sister Allison moved in with their father while Mariah and her old elder brother Morgan lived with their mother. During her years in elementary school, she excelled in the arts, such as music and literature. 
Carrie began writing poetry and lyrics while attending Harborfields High School in Greenlawn, New York, where she graduated in 1987. Carrie began vocal training under the tutelage of her mother. Though she was a classically trained opera singer, Patricia Carey never pressured her daughter to pursue a career in classical opera. Mariah Carey recalled that she had never been a pushy mom. She never said, give me more of an operatic feel. I respect opera like crazy, but it didn't influence me. In high school, Mariah Carey was often absent because of her work as a demo singer. This led to her classmates giving her the nickname Mirage. Working in the Long Island music scene gave her opportunities to work with musicians such as Gavin Christopher and Ben Margulis, with whom she co-wrote material for her demo tape. After moving to New York City, she worked part-time jobs to pay the rent and completed 500 hours of beauty school. Carrie moved into a one-bedroom apartment in Manhattan and with four female students as roommates. She landed a gig singing backup for freestyle singer, singer Brenda K. Starr. Carrie's career from 1988 to 1992. It was Career Beginnings, debut album, and Emotions. The photo here is Carrie exiting Shepard's Bush Empire after promoting her single Vision of Love on Wogan in 1990. In December 1988, Carrie accompanied Starr to a music executive's party, where she handed her demo tape to the head of Columbia Records, Tommy Mottola. After listening to the tape during the ride home, he immediately requested the driver turn around. Carrie had already left the event in what has been described as a modern-day Cinderella story. He spent two weeks looking for her. Another record label expressed interest and a bidding war ensued. Matola assigned Carrie to Columbia and enlisted producers Rick Wake, Narada Michael Walden, and Rhett Lawrence for her first album. Columbia marketed Carrie as a main female artist on their roster, competing with Aristos of Whitney Houston and Madonna of Sire Records. On June 5, 1990, Carrie made her first public appearance at the 1990 NBA Finals, singing America the Beautiful. The highlight was the piercing whistle note toward the song's conclusion, sparking CBS sports anchor Pat O'Brien to declare, The Palace Now Has a Queen. Columbia spent upwards of $1 million promoting Carrie's debut studio album, Mariah Carey. After a slow start, the album eventually topped the Billboard 200 for 11 consecutive weeks after Carrie's exposure at the 33rd Annual Grammy Awards, where she won the award for Best New Artist and Best Female Pop Vocalist for her performance of her single, Vision of Love. The album singles Vision of Love, Love Takes Time, Someday, and I Don't Wanna Cry all topped the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. Mariah Carey was the best-selling album in the United States in 1991 and achieved worldwide sales of 15 million copies. The following year, Carey co-wrote, co-produced, and recorded her second studio effort, Emotions. Described by Carey as an homage to Motown soul music, Carey employed the help of Walter Afanasev, who had a small role in her debut, as well as Robert Civilis and David Cole from the dance group C Plus C Music Factory. Carey's relationship with Mar Margulis, I'm so sorry, sir, deteriorated after a songwriting royalties dispute. After he filed a lawsuit against Columbia's parent company, Sony, the songwriting duo parted ways. Emotions was released September 17, 1991. The title track, the album's lead single, became Carrie's fifth chart topper on the Billboard Hot 100, making her the first artist whose first five singles reached the chart's summit. Though critics praised the album's content and described it as a more mature effort, the album was criticized as calculated and lacking originality. While the album managed sales of 8 million copies globally, Emotions failed to reach the commercial and critical heights of its predecessor. Carrie did not embark on a world tour to promote the album. Although she attributed this to stage fright and the vocally challenging nature of her material, speculation grew that Carrie was a studio worm, and that she was incapable of producing the perfect pitch and five-octave vocal range which she was known for. In hopes of ending any speculation about being a manufactured artist, Carrie booked an appearance on MTV Unplugged. 
The show presents artists quote-unquote unplugged or in a stripped setting and devoid of studio equipment. Days prior to the show's taping, Carrie and Afanasef chose to add a cover of the Jackson 5's 1970 song I'll Be There to the set list. On March 16, 1992, Carrie played and recorded an intimate seven-song show at Kaufman Astoria Studios in Queens, New York. The acclaimed review was aired more than three times as often as the average episode, and critics heralded it as the vocal tour de force. Carrie's live version of I'll Be There became her sixth number one single on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Sony capitalized on its success and released it as an EP. It earned a triple platinum certification by the Recording Industry Association of America and earned gold and platinum certificates in several European markets. 1993 to 1996, Music Box, Merry Christmas, and Daydream. After Emotions failed to achieve the commercial heights of her debut album, Carrie's subsequent release was to be marketed as adult, contemporary, and pop-friendly. Music Box was produced by Carrie and Afanasive and began a songwriting partnership that would extend until 1997's Butterfly. The album was released on August 31st, 1993 to mixed reviews from music critics. Carrie's songwriting was derided as cliched and her vocal performances were described as less emotive and lazier in their delivery. In his review of the album, All Music's Ron Wynn concluded, Sometimes excessive spirit is preferable to an absence of passion. In promotion of the album, Carrie embarked on her debut tour, a six-date concert series, The Music Box Tour. Music Box's first and second singles, Dream Lover and Hero, became Carrie's seventh and eighth chart toppers in the United States, while her cover of Bad Fingers Without You was a commercial breakthrough in Europe, becoming her first number one single in Germany, Sweden, and the United Kingdom. Music Box remains Carrie's bestseller and one of the best-selling albums with worldwide sales of over 28 million copies. In mid-1994, Carrie recorded and released a duet with Luther Vandross, a cover of Lionel Richie and Diana Ross's Endless Love. Merry Christmas, released on November 1st, 1994, became a best-selling Christmas album with global sales of over 15 million copies. The lead single, All I Want for Christmas Is You, became a holiday standard and continues to surge in popularity each holiday season. By October 2017, it had become the 11th best-selling single in modern music. In 2019, 25 years after the song's release, it finally peaked at number one in the Billboard Hot 100 for the first time, and it continued to do so every December since, becoming the first song in history to hold the top position in more than two different chart years, as well as the longest-running holiday number one song for 12 weeks. Additionally, it's the longest-running number one song in the Billboard Holiday 100, spending 44 cumulative weeks of the chart's 49 total weeks since the list launched in 2011. There's a photo here of Carrie performing One Sweet Day with Boys to Men at Madison Square Garden in October of 1995. Carrie's fifth studio album, Daydream, found her consolidating creative control over her career album, leading to tensions with Columbia. The album featured a departure from her allegiance to pop and gravitated heavily towards R&B and hip-hop. Critically, the album was described as Carrie's best to date. The New York Times named it one of 1995's best albums and concluded, The album brings R&B candy making to a new peak of textural refinement. Carrie's songwriting has taken a leap forward and become more relaxed, sexier, and less reliant on thudding cliches. The album's lead single, Fantasy, became the first single by a female artist to debut at number one on the Billboard Hot 100, the second single, One Sweet Day, a collaboration with R&B group Boys to Men, remained atop the Billboard Hot 100 for a record-breaking 16 consecutive weeks, becoming, at the time, the longest-running number one song in the history of the charts. The third single, Always Be My Baby, became Carrie's 11th chart topper, tying her with Madonna and Whitney Houston for the most number one singles among female artists at the time. 
Daydream became Carrie's biggest selling album in the United States and her second album to be certified diamond by the RIAA after Music Box. The album continued Carrie's dominance in Asian music markets and sold in excess of 2.2 million copies in Japan alone and over 20 million copies globally. Daydream and its singles were nominated in six categories at the 38th Grammy Awards. Though considered a favorite to win the top awards of the evening, Carrie was shut out, prompting her to comment, What can you do? I'll never be disappointed again. In early 1996, she embarked in her first international string of concerts, the Daydream World Tour. Its seven dates spanned three in Japan and four throughout Europe. Forbes named Carrie the top-earning female musician of 1996, collecting an estimated $32 million. During the recording of Daydream, Carrie also worked on the alternative rock album Someone's Ugly Daughter by the band Chick, contributing writing, production, vocals, and art direction. As Columbia Records refused to release the album with her lead vocals, Carrie's friend Clarissa Dane was brought in to become the face of Chick and make her vocals were layered on top of Carrie's masking her voice. Carrie also directed the music video for the Chick song Malibu. According to Carrie, I was playing with the style of breezy grunge, punk light female singers who were popular at the time. I totally look forward to doing my alter ego band sessions after Daydream each night. Her contributions were secret until the release of her 2020 memoir, The Meaning of Mariah Carey. 1997 to 2000, New Image with Butterfly and Rainbow. Carey's subsequent musical releases followed the trend that began with Daydream. Her music began relying less on pop and adult contemporary tinged balladry and instead incorporating heavy elements of R&B and hip-hop. On Butterfly, Carrie collaborated with a bevy of producers other than an offensive, such as Sean Combs, Q-Tip, Missy Elliott, and John Claude Oliver, and Samuel Barnes from Trackmasters. In mid-1997, after four years of marriage, Carrie and Matola separated. Carrie described Matola as increasingly controlling and viewed her newfound independence as a new lease on life. In the booklet of her 12th studio album, Memoirs of an Imperfect Angel, in 2009, Carrie wrote that she considers Butterfly her magnum opus and a turning point in both her life and career. Butterfly introduced a more subdued style of singing, with critics noting Carrie's incorporation of breathy vocals. Some viewed her lack of propensity to use her upper range as a sign of maturity, while others questioned whether it forebode waning vocal prowess. The music video for the album's lead single, Honey, her first since separating from Matola, introduced a more overtly sexual image. Butterfly became Carrie's best-reviewed album, with attention placed on the album's exploration of more mature lyrical themes. In their review of the album, Rolling Stone wrote, It's not as if Carrie has totally dispensed with her old saccharine Houston-style balladry, but the prominent mood of Butterfly is one of coolly erotic reverie. All Music editor Stephen Thomas Earlwine described Carrie's vocals as sultrier and more controlled than ever, and felt the album illustrates that Carrie continues to improve and refine her music, which makes her a rarity among her 90s peers. Honey and My All, the album's fifth single, both topped the Hot 100, making Carrie a female artist with the most number one singles in the chart's history, which clearly we've been building towards this whole time. Though a commercial success, Butterfly failed to reach the commercial heights of her previous albums, Music Box and Daydream. After concluding her Butterfly World Tour, Carrie participated in the VH1 Divas Benefit concert on April 14, 1998, where she sang alongside Aretha Franklin, Celine Dion, Shania Twain, Gloria Estevan, and Carole King. Carrie began conceptualizing a film project, All That Glitters, later retitled simply to Glitter, 2001, and wrote songs for other projects such as Men in Black in 97, How the Grinch Stole Christmas in 2000, 
After Glitter fell into developmental hell, Carrie postponed the project and began writing material for a new album. Sony Music Executives insisted she prepare a Greatest Hits collection in time for the holiday season. The album, titled Number Ones in 1998, featured a cover of Brenda K. Starr's I Still Believe and a duet with Whitney Houston, When You Believe, which was introduced on the soundtrack for The Prince of Egypt in 1998. Number Ones became a phenomenon in Japan, selling over one million copies its opening week, making Carrie the only international artist to accomplish this feat. It sold over 3.25 million copies in Japan in its first three months, and held the record as the best-selling album by a non-Asian artist. We have a photo of Carrie being interviewed in Canes in 2000. With only one album left to fulfill her contract with Sony, and with a burning desire to separate herself professionally from the record label her ex-husband still headed, Carrie completed the album in three months in mid-1999. Titled Rainbow, the album found Carrie exploring with producers whom she had not worked with before. Rainbow became Carrie's first album to not feature a collaboration with her longtime writing partner, Walter F. Fenisiv. Instead, she chose to work with David Foster and Diane Warren. Heartbreaker and Thank God I Found You both topped the Billboard Hot 100, while a collaboration with Irish boy band Westlife on the cover of Phil Collins' Against All Odds' Take a Look at Me Now became Carrie's second number one hit on the UK charts. Rainbow was released on November 2nd, 1999, to the first highest week sales of her career at the time, however debuting at number two on the Billboard 200. Carrie's tense relationship with Columbia grew increasingly fractitious. She began posting messages on her website, sharing inside information with fans on the dispute, as well as instructing them to request Can't Take That Away Mariah's theme on radio stations. Ultimately, the song was only given very limited and low promotion release. Critical reception of Rainbow was generally positive, with the general consensus finding what began on Butterfly as a departure ends up on Rainbow as a progression perhaps the first compelling proof of Carrie's true colors as an artist. Though a commercial success, Rainbow became Carrie's lowest-selling album at that point in her career. On April 9th, 2000, Carrie participated in another VH1 Divas concert in a tribute to Diana Ross. 2001 to 2004, Personal and Professional Setbacks, Glitter, and Charm Bracelet. Carrie received Billboard's Artist of the Decade Award and the Music Award for Best-Selling Pop Female Artist of the Millennium and parted from Columbia Records. She signed an unprecedented $80 million five-album recording contract with Virgin Records in April 2001. Glitter was a musical departure, recreating a 1980s post-disco era to accompany the film, set in 1983. Carrie was given full conceptual and creative control over the project. She said that Columbia had regarded her as a commodity, with her separation from Matola exacerbating her relations with label executives. Carrie's three-year relationship with Latin singer Luis Miguel ended. In July 2001, Carrie suffered a physical and emotional breakdown. She began posting disturbing messages on her website and behaved erratically in live promotional outings. On July 19th, she made a surprise appearance on the MTV program Total Request Live. As the show's host Carson Daly began taping following a commercial break, Carrie came out pushing an ice cream cart while wearing a large men's shirt and began a strip tease in which she revealed a tight ensemble. Days later, she posted irregular voice notes on her website. I'm trying to understand things in life right now, and so I really don't feel that I should be doing music right now. What I'd like to do is just take a little break or at least get one night of sleep without someone popping up about a video. All I really want is to just be me, and that's what I should have done in the first place. I don't say this much, but guess what? I don't take care of myself. Following the quick, quick removal of these messages, Carrie's representative, Cindy Berger, commented that Carrie had been obviously exhausted and not thinking clearly when she posted the letters. Then we have a photo of Carrie performing Hero during her Charm Bracelet World Tour in September of 2003. 
On July 26th, Carrie was hospitalized due to exhaustion and a physical and emotional breakdown. She was admitted to a hospital in Connecticut and remained under doctor's care for two weeks, followed by an extended absence from the public. Virgin Records and 20th Century Fox delayed the release of Glitter and its soundtrack. Critics panned Glitter and its soundtrack. Both were unsuccessful commercially. The soundtrack became Carrie's lowest-selling album to that point. The St. Louis Post-Dispatch dismissed it as an absolute mess that'll go down as an annoying blemish on her career. She attributed the poor performance to her state of mind, its postponement, and soundtrack having been released on September 11th. Carrie's record deal with Virgin Records was bought out for $28 million. She flew to Capri, Italy for five months, where she wrote material for a new album. She described her time at Virgin a complete and total stress fest. I made a total snap decision which was based on money, and I never make decisions based on money. I learned a big lesson from that. She signed a contract with Island Records, valued at more than $24 million, and launched a record label with Monarchy. Carrie's father, Alfred Roy, with whom she had little contact since childhood, died of cancer that year. In 2002, Carrie was the cast of an independent film Wise Girls, alongside Mira Sorvino and Melora Walters, who co-starred as waitresses at a mobster-operated restaurant. It premiered at the Sundance Film Festival and received negative reviews, though Carrie's performance was praised. Roger Friedman of Fox News described her as a Thelma Ritter for the new millennium and wrote, Her line delivery is sharp and she manages to get the right laughs. In December 2002, Carrie released her ninth studio album, Charm Bracelet, which she said marked a new lease on life for her. Sales of Charm Bracelet were moderate and the quality of Carrie's vocals came under criticism. Joan Anderson from the Boston Globe declared the album the worst of her career and revealed a voice that is no longer capable of either gravity-defying gymnastics or soft coups. While all music editor Stephen Thomas Earlwine wrote, Mariah's voice is shot, sounding in tatters throughout the record. She can no longer coo or softly croon, nor can she perform her trademark gravity-defying vocal runs. To support the album, Carrie embarked on the Charm Bracelet World Tour, spanning North America and East Asia over three months. The United States shows were booked in theaters. She described the show as much more intimate, so you'll feel like you had an experience. You experience a night with me. While smaller venues were booked throughout the tour's stateside leg, Carrie performed in stadiums in Asia and Europe, playing for a crowd of over 35,000 in Manila, 50,000 in Malaysia, and to over 70,000 people in China. In the United Kingdom, it was her first tour to feature shows outside of London, booking air arena stops in Glasgow, Birmingham, and Manchester. The tour garnered generally positive reviews, with many praising the production and quality of Carrie's vocals. 2005 to 2007, Resurgence with the Emancipation of Mimi. There's a photo here of Carrie pictured with former Island Records head L.A. Reid at the release party for The Emancipation of Mimi in 2005. Carrie's 10th studio album, The Emancipation of Mimi, in 2005, was produced with the Neptunes, Kanye West, and Carrie's longtime collaborator, Jermaine Dupri. She described the album as very much like a party record, the process of putting on makeup and getting ready to go out. I wanted to make a record that was reflective of that. The Emancipation of Mimi topped the charts in the United States, becoming Carrie's fifth number one album and the first since Butterfly in 1997, and was warmly accepted by critics. The album's second single, We Belong Together, became a career-redefining song for Carrie after a relatively unsuccessful period and a point when many critics had considered her career over. Music critics heralded the song as her return to form, as well as the return of the voice, while many felt it would revive faith in Carrie's potential as a balladeer. Oh, a balladeer. 
We Belong Together broke several records in the United States and became Carrie's 16th chart topper on the Billboard Hot 100. After staying at number one for 14 non-consecutive weeks, the song became the second longest-running number one song in U.S. chart history, behind Carrie's 1996 collaboration with Boys to Men, One Sweet Day. Billboard listed it as the song of the decade and the ninth most popular song of all time. The song broke several airplay records, and according to the Nielsen BDS, and gathered both the largest one-day and one-week audiences in history. During the week of September 25th, 2005, Carrie set another record, becoming the first woman to occupy the first two two spots atop the Hot 100, as We Belong Together remained number one, and her next single, Shake It Off, moved into the number two spot. Ashanti had topped the chart in 2002, being a featured singer on the number two single. On Billboard Hot 100 year-end chart of 2005, We Belong Together was declared the number one song, a first for Carrie. Billboard listed We Belong Together ninth on the Billboard Hot 100 all-time top songs and was declared the most popular song of the 2000s decade by Billboard. The album was re-released as the ultra-platinum edition from which Don't Forget About Us became her 17th number one hit. The Emancipation of Mimi earned 10 Grammy Award nominations, 8 in 2006 for the original release, the most received by Carrie in a single year, and 2 in 2007 for the Ultra Platinum Edition. Carrie won Best Contemporary R&B Album and Best Female R&B Vocal Performance and Best R&B Song for We Belong Together. The Emancipation of Mimi was the best-selling album in the United States in 2005, with nearly 5 million units sold. It was the first album by a solo female artist to become the best-selling album since Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill in 1996. At the end of 2005, the IFPI reported that The Emancipation of Mimi had sold more than 7.7 million copies globally and was the second best-selling album of the year after Coldplay's X and Y. It has since sold 12 million copies worldwide. In support of the album, Carrie embarked on her first headlining tour in three years, named The Adventures of Mimi after a Carrie-centric fan's music diary. The tour spanned 40 dates, with 32 in the United States and Canada, 2 in Africa, and 6 in Japan. It received warm reception from critics and concertgoers, many of which celebrated the quality of Carrie's vocals. 2008-2009, to 2009, E equals MC squared, Memoirs of an Imperfect Angel, and Precious. In early 2007, Carrie began working on her 11th studio album, E equals MC Squared. Although the album was received well by most critics, some of them criticized it for being very similar to the formula used on The Emancipation of Mimi. Two weeks before the album's release, Touch My Body, the record's lead single, reached the top position on the Billboard Hot 100, becoming Carrie's 18th number one and making her solo artist with the most number one singles in United States history pushing her past Elvis Presley into second place according to the magazine's revised methodology. Carrie is second only to the Beatles, who have 21 singles. Additionally, it gave Carrie her 79th week atop the Hot 100, tying her with Presley as the artist with the most weeks at the number one in Billboard chart history. Then we've got a photo of Carrie at the 2008 Tribeca Film Festival. E equals MC Squared debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 with 463,000 copies sold, the biggest opening week sales of her career. In 2008, Carrie also played an aspiring singer named Crystal in Tennessee and had a cameo appearance in Adam Sandler's film You Don't Mess With The Zohan, playing herself. Wow. Since the album's release, Carrie had planned to embark on an extensive tour in support of E equals MC Square. However, her, sudden, her tour was suddenly cancelled in early December of 2008. Carrie later stated she had been pregnant during that time period and suffered a miscarriage, hence she cancelled the tour. On January 20th, 2009, 
Kerry performed Hero at the Neighborhood Inaugural Ball after Barack Obama was sworn in as the first African-American president of the United States. On July 7, 2009, Kerry, alongside Trey Lorenz, performed her version of the Jackson 5 song, I'll Be There, at the memorial service for Michael Jackson. In 2009, she appeared as a social worker in Precious, the movie adaptation of the 1996 novel Push by Sapphire. The film garnered mostly positive reviews from critics, also Carrie's performance. Variety described her acting as pitch perfect. In January of 2010, Carrie won Breakthrough Actress Performance Award for her role in Precious at the Palm Springs International Film Festival. On September 25, 2009, Carrie's 12th studio album, Memoirs of an Imperfect Angel, was released. Reception for the album was mostly mixed. Stephen Thomas Erlewine of All Music called it her most interesting album in a decade, while John Caramania of The New York Times criticized Carrie's vocal performances, decrying her overuse of softer vocal registers at the expense of her more powerful lower and upper registers. Commercially, the album debuted at number three on the Billboard 200, became her lowest-selling album of her career. Obsessed served as the lead single and debuted at number 11 in the U.S. before peaked at number seven and became Carrie's 27th top 10 entry within the nation, tying her with Elton John and Janet Jackson for having the fifth most top 10s. Its follow-up single, a cover of Foreigner's I Want to Know What Love Is, managed to break airplay records in Brazil. The song spent 27 weeks atop the Brazil Hot 100 airplay, making it the longest-running song in the chart's history. On December 31, 2009, Carrie embarked on her seventh concert tour, Angel's Advocate Tour, which visited the United States and Canada and ended on September 26, 2010. A planned remix of the album Memoirs of an Imperfect Angel, titled Angel's Advocate, was slated for March 30th of 2010, but was eventually cancelled. 2010 to 2014. Merry Christmas to you and me. I am Mariah, the elusive chantreuse. Following the cancellation of Angel's Advocate, it was announced that Carrie would return to the studio to start work on her 13th studio album. It was later revealed that would be her second Christmas album and follow-up to Merry Christmas. The release date for the album, titled Merry Christmas to You, was November 2, 2010. The tracklist included six new songs as well as a remix of All I Want for Christmas is You. Christmas to You debuted at number four on the Billboard 200 with sales of 56,000 copies and number one on the R&B and hip-hop albums chart, making it the second Christmas album to top this chart. In February of 2011, she recorded a duet with Tony Bennett for his Duets 2 album, titled When Do the Bells Ring for Me, and re-recorded All I Want for Christmas Is You with Justin Bieber as a duet for his Christmas album Under the Mistletoe. In November that year, Carrie was introduced in the remix to the mixtape single Warning by Uncle Murda. The remix also features 50 Cent and Young Jeezy. Later that month, Carrie released a duet with John Legend titled When Christmas Comes, originally part of Merry Christmas to You. There's a photo here of Carrie performing on Good Morning America in May of 2013. On March 1st, 2012, Carrie performed at New York City's Gotham Hall, her first time performing since her pregnancy. She also performed a three-song set at special fundraiser for U.S. President Barack Obama's held in New York Plaza Hotel. Her new song titled Bring It Home, which Carrie wrote for the event to show her support for Obama's re-election campaign, was also performed. In August of 2012, she released a standalone single, Triumphant, parentheses get em, featuring rappers rick ross and meek mill carrie joined the judging panel for the 12th season of american idol throughout the show there were on-set disagreements between carrie and fellow judge Nicki minaj three years later carrie did not make an appearance for the original series finale 
In 2013, Carrie appeared in Lee Daniels' film The Butler and made a guest voice star as a redneck character on the adult animated character er, on the adult animated series American Dad. In February of 2013, Carrie recorded and released a song called Almost Home for the soundtrack of the Walt Disney Studios film Oz the Great and Powerful. The video was directed by photographer David LaChapelle. For her 14th album, Carrie worked with producers including DJ Clue, Randy Jackson, Q-Tip, R. Kelly, David Morales, Anastasia Dupree, The Dream, and Debrat. Carrie told Billboard, It's about making sure I have tons of good music because at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. There are a lot more raw ballads than people might expect. There are also up-tempo and signature-type songs that represent my different facets as an artist. The lead single, Beautiful, featured singer Miguel, was released on May 6, 2013 and peaked at number 15 on the Hot 100. Carrie taped a performance of Beautiful along with Melody of Her Greatest Hits on May 15, 2013. The taping aired on the American Idol finale the following day. The album, titled Me, I Am Mariah, The Elusive Chantreuse, was released on May 27, 2014. In October 2014, Carrie announced an annual residency show, All I Want for Christmas Is You, A Night of Joy and Festivity. Originally performed at the Beacon Theater in New York City, the residency began on December 15, 2014, and ended on December 15, 2019, after completing eight legs and 56 shows in various countries around the world. 2015 to 2017, number one to Infinity Residency, television and film projects. On January 30th, 2015, it was announced that Carrie had left Universal Music Group's Def Jam Recordings to reunite with L.A. Reid and Sony Music via Epic Records. Carrie also announced that her new number one to Infinity Residency at the Coliseum at Caesars Palace in Las Vegas the same month. To coincide with the residency, Carrie released Number One to Infinity, a greatest hits compilation album containing all of her 18 Billboard Hot 100 singles at the time, along with a new recording, Infinity, which was released as a single on April 27th. In 2015, Carrie had her directorial debut for the Hallmark Channel Christmas movie, A Christmas Melody, in which she also performs as one of the main characters. In December 2015, Carrie announced the Sweet Sweet Fantasy Tour, which spanned a total of 27 dates beginning in March 2016, marking Carrie's first major tour of mainland Europe in 13 years. Four stops included shows in South Africa. The tour grossed $30 million. We've got a photo of Carrie attending Elton John's Academy Awards party in February of 2016, looking gorgeous. On March 15, 2016, Carrie announced that she was filming Mariah's World, a docu-series for the E! Network, documenting her sweet, sweet fantasy tour and her wedding planning process. Carrie told the New York Times, I thought it would be a good opportunity to kind of, like, show my personality and who I am, even though I feel like my fans have an idea of who I am. A lot of people have misperceptions about this and that. The series premiered on December 4, 2016. Carrie guest starred on musical drama Empire as superstar singer named Kitty and sung the song Infamous featuring Jesse Smollett. Ooh, that aged well. On December 5th, 2016, Carrie participated in the VH1 Divas Holiday Unsilent Night benefit concert alongside Vanessa Williams, Shaka Khan, Patti LaBelle, and Tiana Taylor. On December 31st, 2016, Carrie's performance on Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve in Times Square received worldwide attention after technical difficulties, causing Carrie's in-ear monitors to malfunction, resulting in what the New York Times referred to as a performance train wreck. Carrie cited her inability to hear the music without in-ear auditory feedback as the cause of the mishap. Carrie's representatives and Dick Clark Productions placed blame on each other. 
On February 3rd, 2017, Carrie released the single, I Don't, featuring YG. Later that month, she voiced the mayor of Gotham City in the animated film The Lego Batman Movie. In July 2017, Carrie made a cameo in the comedy films Girls Trip and embarked on a tour with Lionel Richie titled All the Hits Tour. She was also featured in the official remix for French Montana's single Unforgettable alongside Sway Lee. In October 2017, she released a new soundtrack single, The Star, for the movie of the same name. The song was nominated for the Best Original Song at the 75th Golden Globe Awards. Carrie also developed an animated Christmas film, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You, for which she recorded an original song called Lil Snowman. The film was released direct-to-video on November 14, 2017. On December 31, 2017, Carrie returned to perform on Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve after the technical difficulties that hindered her previous performance in what made New York Times described as a made-for-television act of pop culture redemption. 2018-2019, Caution and Merry Christmas reissue. In 2018, Carrie signed a worldwide deal with Live Nation Entertainment. The first commitment out of the deal was her new Las Vegas residency, The Butterfly Returns, which was launched in July 2018 to critical acclaim. Its first 12 shows in 2018 grossed $3.6 million, with dates later extending into 2019 and 2020. Following the residency, Carrie embarked on her Mariah Carey Live in Concert tour in Asia and returned to Europe with All I Want for Christmas is You concert series. In September 2018, Carrie announced plans to release her 15th studio album later in the year. The project was announced alongside the release of a new song titled GTFO, which she performed on September 21, 2018, when she headlined the 2018 iHeartRadio Music Festival. The album's lead single, With You, was released in October and performed for the first time at the American Music Awards of 2018. The single became Carrie's highest-charting non-holiday song on the U.S. Adult Contemporary Chart since We Belong Together in 2005. It was followed by a second single, A No-No. The album, titled Caution, was released on November 16, 2018 and received universal acclaim from critics. It debuted at number 5 on the Billboard 200. By December 2018, the album had been featured on numerous year-end lists by music critics and publications. Then we have a photo of Carrie performing on her Caution World Tour in Amsterdam, June 2019. In February 2019, Carrie commenced the Caution World Tour in support of the album. Later in 2019, Carrie engaged in a series of business and television ventures. On September 18, 2019, Carrie released In the Mix with the theme, the theme song for ABC sitcom Mixedish. On November 1, 2019, Carrie re-released her holiday album Merry Christmas for its 25th anniversary. The album package included the original album and another disc, which include live performance from Carrie's 1994 concert at St. John the Divine Church, several tracks from Merry Christmas to You, as well as other standalone singles such as Lil Snowman and The Star. On December 5th, 2019, it was announced that a mini-documentary titled Mariah Carey is Christmas, charting the creation and subsequent cultural legacy of All I Want for Christmas is You, was to be produced and broadcast on Amazon Music. It premiered later that month. Peaking at number one on Billboard Hot 100 for the first time that year, the song ended up giving Carrie her 19th chart topper in the U.S. and returned to its peak every holiday season since. 2020 to present, the rarities and the meaning of Mariah Carey. In January of 2020, it was announced that Carey would be inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Her memoir, The Meaning of Mariah Carey, which was co-written by Michaela Angela Davis, was published in September of the same year. It recounts an improbable and inspiring journey of survival and resilience as she struggles through complex issues of race, identity, class, childhood, and family trauma during her meteoric rise to music superstardom. 
The memoir became a number one New York bestseller after its first week of release. Carrie announced plans to celebrate the 30th anniversary of her debut album through the rest of 2020 in a promotional campaign billed hashtag MC30. The first release consisted of the live EP, The Live Debut 1990, which was released in July of 2020. In October of 2020, Carrie released a compilation album titled The Rarities, which includes rare and unreleased songs that Carrie recorded at various stages in her career. Its lead single, Save the Day, featuring Lauryn Hill, was released on August 2020, and its music video was released on September 13th as part of the airing of the U.S. Open. Four days later, the album's second single, a cover of Irene Cara's Out Here on My Own, was released after being recorded by Carrie in 2000. At the end of October, Carrie was featured on Busta Rhymes' single, Where I Belong. Carrie's 2020 Christmas special, Mariah Carey's Magical Christmas Special, premiered along on December 4th, 2020, on Apple TV+, Plus, along with the soundtrack. A new version of Carrie's 2010 song, Oh Santa, featuring Ariana Grande and Jennifer Hudson, was released as a single the same day. Later that month, All I Want for Christmas is You topped the UK charts for the first time after spending a record 69 weeks in its top 40 prior to reaching the summer, becoming Carrie's third number one song in the country. In July of 2021, Carrie was featured on the track Somewhat Loved from Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis's debut studio album Jam and Lewis Volume 1. On November 5th, 2021, Carrie released Fall in Love at Christmas, which features Khalid and Kirk Franklin. The single was performed on her second Christmas special, Mariah's Christmas, The Magic Continues. And we've got a photo of a Winter Wonderland photo of Mariah Carey performing at Scotiabank Arena in December of 2022. On January 12th, 2022, Carey announced a children's picture book titled Christmas Princess, co-written with Michaela Angela Davis and illustrated by Fuji Takashi, and was released in November of that year. In March, Carey was featured alongside DJ Khaled on the remix of Lotto's single Big Energy, which interpolates Carey's 1995 single Fantasy. In April, an online masterclass course based on singing in which Carrie served as a vocal coach was released. A re-recorded version of Carrie's 1998 single, The Roof, featuring Brandy Norwood, was made available exclusively to masterclass subscribers. Later that month, Number Ones was released on vinyl as a record store day exclusive and re-entered the top 20 of the Billboard 200. In June, Carrie performed with Lotto at the 2022 BET Awards. On September 16th, 2022, an expanded version of Butterfly was released for the 25th anniversary of the album. In December of 2022, Carrie performed two pairs of shows at Scotiabank Arena in Toronto and Madison Square Garden in New York City. On December 20th, 2022, a television special adapted from her shows in New York titled Mariah Carey, Merry Christmas to All aired on CBS and became the most watched program of the night, drawing in a total of 3.8 million viewers and a .4 demo rating whatever that means. Carrie also served as a co-producer of Some Like It Hot on Broadway, a musical based on the eponymous 1959 comedy film, which premiered on December 11th, 2022 at the Schubert Theater in Manhattan, New York. It earned her a nomination for the Tony Award for Best Musical. In February 2023, the 2009 track It's a Rap experienced a revival on TikTok, prompting Carrie to release an EP for the song, which included a new sped-up version. On September 8th, 2023, Carrie released a deluxe version of Music Box in celebration with the album's 30th anniversary. A remix of Working Hard by Terry Hunter, which featured on the deluxe album, was nominated for Best Remixed Recording Non-Classical at the 66th Annual Grammy Awards. 
Carey embarked on her 16-date concert tour, Merry Christmas, One and All, which is set to conclude at Madison Square Garden on December 17th, 2023. Now, we have reached a midway point in the Mariah Carey Wikipedia. As you know, there was already a lot said here. I'm going to do a little bit from artistry, from other activities, and from personal life, but you're not getting the whole Wikipedia page because this woman has done a lot. I would also like to remind you once again that this is an advertisement for our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash We have a bonus episode that recently went up where Alexis and I are talking about our uh, music, our music that we listened to in 2023. So if you want to hear that, it's a Patreon exclusive for the $6 tier. There's also other bonus episodes as well as uh, digital downloads for fun content stuff influences. Carrie has said that from childhood, she has been influenced by Billie Holiday, Sarah Vaughn, as well as R&B and soul musicians, including Al Green, Stevie Wonder, Gladys Knight, Aretha Franklin, and George Michael. Her music contains strong influences of gospel music, and she credits the Clark sisters, Shirley Caesar, and Edwin Hawkins as the most influential in her early years. When Carrie incorporated hip-hop into her sound, speculation arose that she was making an attempt to take advantage of the genre's popularity, but she told Newsweek, People just don't understand. I grew up with this music. She has expressed appreciation for rappers such as the Sugar Hill Gang, Eric B. and Rackham, the Wu-Tang Clan, the Notorious B.I.G., and Mob Deep, with whom she collaborated on the single The Roof back in time in 1998. Carrie was heavily influenced by Minnie Ripperton and began experimenting with the whistle register due to her original practice of the range. During Carrie's career, her vocal and musical style, along with her level of success, has been compared to Whitney Houston, whom she also cites as an influence. Carrie and her peers, according to Gary Mulholland, are princesses of Wales, virtuoso vocalists who blend chart-oriented pop with mature middle-of-the-road torch song. Author and writer Lucy O'Brien attributed the comeback of Barbra Streisand's old-fashioned showgirl to Carrie and Celine Dion and described them uh, and Houston as groomed, airbrushed, and overblown to perfection. Carrie's musical transition and use of more revealing clothing during the late 1990s were in part initiated to distance herself from this image, and she subsequently said that most of her early work was schmaltzy, middle of the road. Some have noted that unlike Houston and Dion, Carrie writes and produces her own music. Musical style. We got a photo of Carrie performing at Walt Disney World Resort in 2010. Love is the subject of the majority of Carrie's lyrics, although she has written about themes such as loss, sex, race, abuse, and spirituality. She has said that most much of her work is partly autobiographical, but Time Magazine's Christopher John Farley wrote, If only Mariah Carey's music had the drama of her life. Her songs are often sugary and artificial, nutra-sweet soul, but her life has passion and conflict, applying it to the first stages of her career. He commented that as her albums progressed, so too her songwriting and music blossomed into m- more mature and meaningful material. Jim Faber of the New York Daily News made similar comments. For Carrie, vocalizing is all about the performance, not the emotions that inspired it. Singing to her represents a physical challenge, not an emotional unburdening. Carrie's output makes use of electronic instruments such as drum machines, keyboards, and synthesizers. Many of her songs contain piano-driven melodies, as she was given piano lessons when she was six years old. Carrie said she cannot read sheet music and prefers to collaborate with a pianist when composing her material, but feels that it is easier to experiment with faster and less conventional melodies and chord progressions using this technique. When Carrie learned to play the piano at a young age and incorporates several ranges of production and instrumentation into her music, she has maintained that her voice has always been her most important asset. My voice is my instrument, and it always has been. 
Carrie began commissioning remixes of her material early in her career and helped to spearhead the practice of recording entirely new vocals for remixes. Disc jockey David Morales has collaborated with Carrie on several occasions, starting with Dream Lover in 93, and popularized the tradition of remixing R&B songs into house records, in which Slant Magazine named one of the greatest dance songs. From Fantasy in 95 onward, Carrie enlisted both hip-hop and house producers to restructure her album compositions. Entertainment Weekly included two remixes of Fantasy on a list of Carrie's greatest recordings compiled in 2005, a National Dance Music Award-winning remix produced by Morales and Sean Combs featuring the rapper Old Dirty Bastard. Voice and Timber Carrie possesses a five-octave vocal range, referred to as the Songbird Supreme by the Guinness World Records due to her ability to sing in the whistle register. She was ranked as the greatest singer of the past 20 years in a, 20, in a 2003 MTV2 online poll. Carrie said the result, what it means to be the voice of MTV generation, of course, is an enormous compliment, but I don't feel that way about myself. In 2023, Rolling Stone named her the fifth greatest singer of all time and the architect of modern pop. Despite being called a showstopper and the 1990s pop phenomenon, Carrie suffered from stage fright in the early years of the music industry. One of her earliest performances was at MTV Unplugged, which she received positive reception as Carrie silenced critics saying her vocals were studio-made. Carrie is known for being very static during her live performances. Some reviewers credited her stage fright and lack of confidence as the reasoning, while others pointed out that her performance focused on her vocals and the quality of her songs. Her onstage hand gesticulations have usually been mimicked, as the singer has a tendency to use her hands to point, flutter, and sweep through the air as she deftly crests each run. When reviewing Carrie's 2014 concert, someone wrote, If you're Mariah, you stroke your hair a lot. This is rude. There's so many quotes I'm skipping that are just rude men. Like, literally just rude men. She's one of the most talented, most famous vocalists of all time, and there's this Wikipedia is just full of rude men. Public image. Carrie has been called a pop icon and been labeled a diva for her stardom and persona. She said, I've had diva moments, and then people can't handle it. I guess it's a little intense, because I come from a true diva. My mother is an opera singer, and that's a real diva, you know, Juilliard diva. And I mean it as a compliment, or I wouldn't be the person I am without experiencing that. Carrie's fan base is known as the Lamely, a portmanteau of lamb and family. With over 21 million followers, Carrie is one of the most popular musicians on Twitter. Her fans are credited with originating the internet term skinny legend, used as a form of praise and endearment from their idol. In 2008, Carrie was named one of Time's 100 most influential artists and entertainers in the world. Now writer Kevin Hege agreed that Carrie's influence is indisputable. Her style has often been described as eccentric and over-the-top. Writer Noah Berlatsky noticed that Carrie has always reveled in uber-feminine girly imagery, with her album titles such as Butterfly, Rainbow, Glitter, and Charm Bracelet being prime examples. In her memoir, she stated, I refuse to acknowledge time. Not living based on time became a way to hold on to myself, to keep close, and to keep alive the inner child of mine. That's why I gravitate towards enduring fingers, figures like Santa Claus, the Tooth Fairy, and Tinkerbell. They remind me when we can be timeless. Tom Brien of Stereo Gum wrote in 2015 that decades from now, we'll be looking back at Mariah Carey as one of the most gloriously batshit pop stars of all time. As the biggest pop star in music by the mid-1990s, Carey's first years as a pop star were extraordinarily fruitful, but restrictive. In the late 1990s, after separating from Matola, Carey adopted a more provocative and less conservative image than had been previously seen and began wearing more revealing clothes. 
She has since been described as a sex symbol. The singer mentions Marilyn Monroe as one of her biggest idols and her beauty icon, and she referenced Monroe in some of her music videos, such as I Still Believe or Don't Forget About Us. Her album Butterfly has been credited for revamping Carrie's image as a pop star, where she began to embrace hip-hop and R&B themes and fully come into her own self, resulting in Butterfly's becoming a metaphorical symbol of her impact and legacy upon pop and R&B music. In early 2000s, Carrie was a tabloid fixture, and her public breakdown during the promotion of her 2001 glitter became the stuff of tabloid legend, according to Justin Curto, writer for Vulture. Her return to prominence in 2005 with the album The Emancipation of Mimi is regarded as one of the greatest musical comebacks in history. After joining American Idol as a judge for the 12th season, Carrie became one of the highest paid American television stars ever. Several media outlets have called Carrie the Queen of Shade. When asked about American singer Jennifer Lopez in a German TV interview, Carrie's response was, I don't know her. The clip became a viral internet meme and has brought up many other interviews with both of the singers. After the release of Obsessed, critics heavily compared its lyrics to Eminem, who had negatively referenced her several times in songs, and suggested Carrie alluded to him and his obsession with her. Obsessed never mentioned the rapper's name, although reviewers felt it to be very obvious. Additionally, Carrie played a role that resembled the rapper in the song's accompanying music video. Due to her large gay fanbase, Carrie is recognized as a gay icon, and her song Hero is regarded as an anthem among the gay community as it touches upon themes of embracing individuality and overcoming self-doubt. According to Carrie herself, a lot of her gay fans admitted to also growing up listening to her song Outside and relating to the feeling of isolation and unfitting. Her diva personality has also given her much admiration from gay fans. Carrie was honored by GLAAD in 2016 with the GLAAD Ally Award, for which she expressed gratitude to her LGBT plus fans. In her speech, she thanked the community for the unconditional love. I wish all of you love, peace, and harmony. Fashion has also been a part of Carrie's image. She was cited as fashion icon by insider writer Susanna Heller, who added that her decadent closet spans multiple rooms and is full of designer clothing, lingerie, shoes, and accessories. Queen of Christmas. All I Want for Christmas is You, as well as its parent album Merry Christmas, have become such ubiquitous part of wider popular culture that Carrie's name has become synonymous with the season, and she has since been dubbed the Queen of Christmas. Both the song and the album have been hailed as being one of the few worthy modern additions to the holiday canon by publications such as The New Yorker. Speaking to Vogue in 2015, Elvis Duran stated that the song's appeal was based on the fact that it was a modern song that actually could have been a hit back in the 40s, praising its timeless, classic quality. The success of the song in particular has led Carrie to build what Billboard described as a growing holiday mini-empire. Multiple media sources have referred to Carrie as a modern holiday icon. The singer has often incorporated holiday-themed outfits during her Christmas shows and music videos. Billboard noted that each year her reign gets grander and more festive. Over the years, Carrie has rocked nearly every shade of red for the season's fashions, from plunging gowns to floor-length coats and ensembles inspired by Santa, Mrs. Claus, and the Nutcracker's toy soldiers. She's also a pro at pulling off winter white, whether she's wearing snow-white dress covered in crystals or a fluffy hood tailor-made for keeping the December chill at bay. Due to the song's ongoing popularity, as well as social media memes that show retail workers' disdain for the song due to its frequent airplay at their jobs, Carrie has taken advantage of this by posting a video on her social media every night since 2019 around midnight Eastern time on November 1st, announcing that it's time to play the song. Carrie initially renounced the title, saying that, to me, Mother Mary is the Queen of Christmas. 
Despite this, in March 2021, she attempted to trademark the phrase Queen of Christmas, which received backlash from singers Darlene Love and Elizabeth Chan. In November 2022, the Trademark Trial and Appeal Board rejected Carrie's request. Legacy. We've got a photo of Carrie at Edwards Air Force Base during the making of I Still Believe music video in December of 1998. Carrie's enduring popularity as a musician has received extensive recognition. When reviewing her 15th studio album, Caution, Eddie Nohadi wrote, In the last three decades since she made her debut, many female pop stars have scaled the heights that Carrie has reached, but very, very few have matched her longevity. She's the first artist to reach number one in the Billboard Hot 100 in the physical, digital, and streaming eras. Carrie's music has been recorded, performed, or sampled by a variety of artists, such as Aretha Franklin, Patti LaBelle, Donnie, Dolly Parton, Luciano Pavarotti, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Shania Twain, Michael Ball, Ariana Grande, Bryson Tiller, Drake, Fifth Harmony, and Sigala. In 2019, film Always Be My Maybe was a play on words of Carrie's 1996 single Always Be My Baby, which was used as the movie's theme song. Carrie has also been credited for her role in breaking down racial barriers in popular culture and facilitating public discourse surrounding multiracialism during the 1990s. Brittany Luz from Vulture wrote that Carrie rose to fame as a public conversations about multiracial identity were expanding in the 90s, noting that the singer became something of an avatar for biracial identity, a validating presence for some and a source of both curiosity and discomfort for others. Luce concluded that Carrie's experience of fame could have happened only once. Her stardom punched a hole in the sky. Her career mature as career as current conversations about mixed identity were still forming, and while the passing narratives of past both brilliant and clumsy had yet to fade from pop cultural memory. There was a time when she might have been considered the most famous mixed person of black and white parentage in America, but now the field's far more crowded. In her book, Tragic No More, Mixed Race Women in the Nexus of Sex and Celebrity, Caroline A. Streeter, an associate professor at the University of California, Los Angeles, also described Carrie as one of the ideal figures through which to consider the post-civil rights era's apparent rehabilitation and transformation of the mulatto uh, into a biracial subject of representation. Um, she has been called the Queen of Remixes. She has many achievements. She's got business ventures. Of course she does. Declining offers to appear in commercials in the United States during her early career, Carrie was not involved in brand marketing initiatives until 2006, when she participated in endorsements for Intel Centrino's personal computers and launched a jewelry and accessories line for teenagers called Glamorized in American Claire's and Icing Stores. During this period, as part of a partnership with Pepsi and Motorola, Carrie recorded and promoted a series of exclusive ringtones, including Time of Your Life. She signed a licensing deal with the cosmetics company Elizabeth Arden and in 2007 released her own fragrance, M. The Elizabeth Arden deal has netted her $150 million. For the fragrance, Carrie won a Base Notes Fragrance Award for Best Celebrity Women's Fragrance, as well as being nominated in three other categories. She has released a series of fragrances with Elizabeth Arden, including Luscious Pink in 2008 and Forever in 2009. In November of 2010, she deb debuted a collection on HSN, which included jewelry, shoes, and fragrances. She was a brand ambassador for Jenny Craig in 2011. In August 2019, Carrie signed a $12 million contract with the Walker's Crisp brand as part of their Christmas campaign and started a commercial for their company. Uh, in 2019, she also organized a gift guide with Amazon and partnered for an exclusive Christmas ornament with Swarovski. In December of 2020, she launched a partnership with Virtual Eat Dining Concepts and restaurateur 
Robert Earl for a biscuit line titled Mariah's Cookies. In 2021, she announced a new line of alcohol called Black Irish, an homage to her Black Venezuelan and Irish heritage. That same year, she also partnered with McDonald's, promoting an entirely new limited-time menu. And in, two th in 2022, she recorded nine video lessons for Masterclass, titled Mariah Carey Teaches a Voice as an Instrument. We've also got some stuff with her philanthropy. Don't worry, she has done it. We got all kinds of stuff. Hospitals, Make-A-Wish Foundation, World Hunger Relief, the... Um, PETA, you know, she's all over the place. I could read them all, but I won't. Personal life. Uh, dated Tommy Matola, was married to him. She's dated several other people, and she also has two children with Nick Cannon. Their names are Moroccan and Monroe. They were born on April 30th in 2011. Carrie and Cannon got separated in 2014. As of now, I think she's single. So shoot your shot, I guess. But Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for listening to this. Please, please, please go check out the old switcheroo, which is linked in the show notes. We watch half the movie and the other half of the movie, but not together. Okay. Thanks for listening. Bye.